The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hi guys, Maca19 here and you are listening to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. As always, we've got Fishing Rick here as co-host. How are you, buddy? Woohoo, Maca! i got the squeaky chair back. Woohoo! How about Butch? And the Butcher, what a goal. Unbelievable. No butchering on the weekend, I thought he was fantastic. He was brilliant. And look, joining us for the first time is Captain Heffo. G'day guys, how you going? Good buddy, good to have you on. Yeah, thanks for the uh, for the opportunity. Too easy. Well, look, uh, first things first, we'll just get your history with Port Adelaide, mate, and how you became a Port supporter. Yeah, well, uh, as, as a kid, uh, fairly young, Dad used to uh, take us to to Alberton to see uh, the Maggies play. Um, used to sneak me in at the uh, the Bowls Club. I don't know if he had a deal with the bloke at the door, but uh, <clears throat> snuck me way in there and got in free pretty more often than not, I thought. But, uh, <laughs> this year, used to run around with the kids there and have a couple of kicks and uh and from there me my mum used to oh she's still a massive port supporter as well so it's been through the through the family for a fair few years my my uncle actually played in the uh the SNFL reserves um as a as a, as a youngster so nice. uh, a little bit of history there and, and yeah just carried it on and sort of found my own group of friends and it's just been really great fantastic do you remember your first game no, nah, we couldn't tell you my first game. I was probably in a nappy, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I reckon uh, I remember uh, old Archie. I remember him running around with little Steedy, and and uh, that was sort of my nice. my recollection of the era that yep. I, I went to the game. So a few few years ago, but I'm only, I'm only young myself. <laughs> That's it. And what about your favourite player? Favourite player? Uh, it does change every year, as you know. But um, probably at the moment, I have to say TJ uh, Tommy Tommy Jonas. The glove. I love it. Good hard choice. That is yeah, a good choice. Yeah, that's it. Well, let's get straight into it and talk about uh, the NAB 3 game, which, of course, was against the Adelaide Crows at our old hunting ground, Amy Stadium. It wasn't really a happy result, I guess. Um, a 24-point loss. Uh, we were losing by as much as 50 points during that last quarter. Um, Butch was the star up forward with five goals and also uh, two apiece to Robbie Gray, Jay Schultz, and Aaron Young as well. Yeah, do you want to give us a quick rundown of the of the match, mate? Yeah, so um, went back to, to Amy as you as all know. Um, it was probably good for the people that went there to finally say see you later to that place. So I'm 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 a little bit uh, a bit jealous. I wasn't actually there, but I was listening into Five uh, AA and and heard old mate Rowie and uh, <laughs> and the likes of uh, Timmy Ginova say wonderful. Got plenty plenty of the um, of the match, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was it was right hit out. It's good to see the, um, the sort of the main group get get together a bit bit more and and give it a real real good crack. You did see it at certain times uh, last year's sort of gameplay come in and, and they were trying out a few things. But I'm skeptical as to whether they were um, really going with the, with the game plan that Kenny has. Um, it was very over over possessed um, around the stoppages and and whatnot. And I'm not sure whether that was just to get our confidence in with the uh, with the game plan that we we do try and sort of a push which is you know heavy heavy traffic and, and handballs and, and run and gun but um but yeah it was uh you can't take too much from it i don't think it, it was um uh yeah i mean they were they were probably trying a few different things they were uh sort of pushing everyone forward of uh, of their 50 and, and tex was sort of owning that 
um, that area, and, and they'd, then they'd flood sort of our, our defensive. Every time we had a, had, a, had a ball go in there, they sort of read that we were going straight for, for Butcher, it seemed, and, and no one else. Um, yep. I don't think Schultz really wanted to um, get in his way early on, but uh, later on he, he sort of jumped in and, and said, all right, this is, this is how it's done, lad, so move aside. And, and he really uh, showed us that he's probably... Uh, hasn't really come off too many uh, too many paces from from last year, old old Jay. But but uh, yeah, it was good to see a few a few good um, good signs, which was uh, Robbie Gray back to his his best. He's reading the the, the ball there in in the uh, in the centre. Yep. And the subsequent plays, he, he really knows um, where it's going, and he he knows where everyone is. Um, yeah, Bokey and and and, uh, and Eber played great game. All the all the big stars, you know, our leaders. They they, they all played up. well. Well, yeah, it was it was Boak and, uh, and Gray that really stood out um, uh, to me, and it was I mean Gray was a bit sloppy at times. Yeah. Um, I mean Wines was a bit sloppy at times. There's a few times that he, he was probably uh, he would have squared it up if it was round one, but he, he went for the for the bigger uh, the big kick along, along the boundary line, fifty out sort of thing, you know, when, when maybe there was a couple of options uh, in in the square, but but yeah, Pollock. I thought that Pollock um, he sort of started a bit slow. I'd written down in my notes that. You know, he started a bit. He sounded a bit slow. He sounded like he, he wasn't quite quite there. But then, sort of getting home and watching the the vision, he, he really picked it up in the probably the last oh, three quarters. You know, yeah. he really took it on, and, and he, he was back to his to what we saw last year from him. So he, he hasn't really come off the pace. Looks like he, he could probably even uh, get a bit more pace into him. Um, and Dan Homps down back. I thought that he was the general back there and, and played played quite a good game with intercept marks and and whatnot. Yep. Rick, what do you think, mate? Is there something to worry about here with another loss? Macker, it was a dark and stormy night. The storm was approaching. Uh, not really. I thought it was uh, a bit of ducks and drakes uh, by our part. Um, I posted up quickly on the on the forums as well. I, I thought the Crows played uh, pretty well, but I don't think we were, were showing our hand at all. Um, uh, I thought the Crows were, did well to uh, create their zone from their from their kick-ins and they really pigeonholed us into the pockets quite quickly but unlike last year where we were very keen on doing the switch and transition uh, we were a lot of we just relied on a lot of down the down the ground uh, straight direct kicking play and I saw Rucci asked um, Hinkley that question as well uh, post game that it was played with a straight bat so look I think I don't know about you guys. I'll get you guys to answer this one, I guess, in a second as well. But to be honest, I don't really see Westhoff playing too much in the centre circle. Uh, same with Schultz. It, was, it seemed to me like they were really keen to isolate Butcher and really give him a fair crack for the strong side. Um, so, look, I would have preferred a win. I was, I was expecting us to win. Uh, we still pumped in 63, I think, inside 50s, 18 more than the Crows, which really yeah. surprised me. So... Uh, we had that 11-point run where we uh, missed some absolute dead-set sitters, which really killed us. Um, and, you know, in the end, it was the three super goals that was the difference. So, uh, you know, direct and accurate kicking for goal uh, won out at the end of the day, which always does. So, you know, we, and we lamented that third quarter. So to answer your question, no. Yeah, look, I, I thought we played pretty well. I thought for three quarters there we played some pretty good footy and you know probably outmatched the Crows there. It was only that sort of 20, 25-minute period in the third quarter where we just looked absolutely abysmal. But, I mean, we didn't really do anything to try and stop the Crows' run. Uh, we, we kind of let them control the game for that sort of 20, 25 minutes there. But, look, for the other, the other three quarters, I thought we were actually pretty good 
and we controlled the play well um, throughout the match um, at other times. Um, I thought our centre clearance work was fantastic. I mean, just the, the work by Gray, uh, Wines and Boak um, was unbelievable in the centre square. Um, also loved our ability to get numbers around every contest to win the bowl. We, we created a lot of great overlap, um, even though we probably didn't use that effectively. Um, and I thought probably our forward setup was uh, worked not too bad. Um, a little bit different with Butcher up there, and as you said, we, we kind of isolated him a little bit, but you know, I thought we played pretty well. Um, and once again, it was just the goal kicking. You know, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine. I'm just not sure um, we've improved in that area, and I think that's something that we really did need to improve on. Absolutely. I guess I know Russell Ebert's hot on this, and I'll edit it to um, useless bloody handball. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, and I'd like to hear your opinion, Reese, uh, on this, but there was a lot of loopy handballs in congested uh, situations, which really just set the, the receiver up. And it was just a waste. I'd rather see... I know you can't do the old, oh, kick it down the line without getting chastised. But, I mean, if you've got a choice about doing a, a, an eight-metre loopy handball to someone who's going to get nailed or kicking it long down the line along the boundary line, I think I know which answer I would rather take in that situation. Yeah, I did note a lot of the time, um, early on especially, that uh, we probably sold ourselves into a bit of trouble. Um, Kane did it maybe once or twice, but... Um, I thought as the game went on, uh, sort of the leaders sort of uh, could could see the, the difference and the change that we needed to make, and, and maybe uh, maybe it's a bit of a the fitness thing. Maybe we sh- we should be a couple of paces ahead of, of where we're normally at, and maybe instead of handballing it to a stand and start, the players need to be on the move a little bit more. Um, but as I said, it, it, knowing it's just a, a pre-season game, get, that sort of stuff all sort of gets ironed out as you as you strap on the boots and and uh, the first siren goes for. Uh, the Subiaco game, um, but back to the uh, the Westoff and, and Schultz in the middle. Um, I thought that maybe Westoff, you, you may see him in there a, a little bit uh, during the year when we have Paddy Ryder back in the side. Um, but Schultz, I think that maybe they they had tested a couple of bigger bodies in there just to sort of um, counteract the loss of of another big body that we were missing in in Amy Charlotte. Um, I think our midfield yeah, was 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 probably a little bit. Uh, a little bit small, bit, bit bit light on maybe without uh, another big body there with with a few small uh, smaller players and more you know, inability to, to to play a little bit more than others. Yeah, are we being a little bit too clever though? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Do we? Unless he's going up for ruck, do we really need a two hundred centimetre uh, guy trying to rove the ball off the ground? Um, yeah, you know, is it just really maybe slowing our reaction time down? I didn't see any influence from him in the centre square. I think I'd rather maybe see him potentially running off a wing uh, to try and then use his height to his advantage in a running off his man or just taking advantage of the height differential against his man running forward or back. Uh, I just don't see how being a ruck rover is going to be a massive uh, advantage for us at this point in time. Well, it's a good point of difference, I think. Um, did it work on the weekend? No, probably not. I don't think uh, Westhoff had all that good a game, but... You know, it's a good point of difference. We've seen key position players have success in the middle of the ground before. Guys like Pavlich, Chad Corns, uh, to a lesser extent, maybe John O'Brien as well. Um, maybe it'll be something that might work um, when the season starts. We can throw West off as a rover, you know, for 10, 15 minutes and see if he can win the bowl. I mean, we know how good he can be around the ground. It might just be that, uh, that special point of difference that we have, um, which some other teams don't have. But wouldn't you want more of the bigger, bulky frame in there? 
um, sort of player to try and split the packs, create the clearance. Is that is that really his type of play? I'm not I'm not too sure it is. I mean, I'd think we might be better served by putting Matthew Broadbent into the centre instead of uh, Justin Westhoff, if that's the case. I think he's got a bigger body and can and create that impact. Or Tom Jonas. Um, they're probably two options. I'd prefer to try and play that role over Westhoff. Yeah, I yeah, think uh, yeah, Broadie Broadie in the middle wasn't wasn't too bad at times, but I felt like he's uh, his initial, uh, you know, step. He wasn't wasn't quite quick enough for the midfield. He, he's used to playing um, a little bit a little bit further back, and there's some bigger bodies around that are quite uh, quite slow in comparison to him. So I thought that he uh, probably needs to be a split second quicker. Um, but but I, I see what you're saying. Um, I mean, we've always uh, loved the idea of of Justin roaming roaming around a little bit more. But uh, but yeah, I can I can definitely see uh, you can be thrown in there as a sort of um, yeah, just a point of difference, like Macca said, just to throw them off a bit. You know how how they're going to set up for that? They're going to have you know not much time to sort of set up and, and, and tell each other what, where they want to be. So yeah, it could work as a just a throw in sort of thing. I guess the Crows did well uh, in that sort of aspect of the game. They were able to bring the the ball to ground uh, substantially, especially in that third quarter, which sort of nullifies the effect of Justin, I guess, with his mobility a little bit there too. Um, but uh, I think the third quarter is probably uh, the issue for us uh, to talk about quite a bit, boys. Was, there, was that an issue where we, again, let a team get a run on? And is it just the goal kicking was the problem? Or was there more problems than that in the third quarter? I'm not sure you can read heaps into it. I don't think it was just the goal kicking. I don't think it was an issue of allowing a team to get a run on. Um, I mean, we just didn't try anything to stop it. That was the, the noticeable thing. You know, the Crows are playing quite direct, and we just didn't try anything to try and uh, to try and counteract that at all. We didn't throw more players back. We didn't do anything at all, really. So we kind of let them control the play in that quarter. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. Um, my main concern uh, to do with that is probably the form of our small defenders. I don't think any of them at the moment have really commanded a position in the side, except for maybe Jasper in the first two games. But, look, they were all pretty disappointing on the weekend. Yeah, I agree yeah. with um, with the, the Pepito was a bit, bit quiet again. Um, but uh, I, can, I, can see, I can see the good in, in German Impy. I can see, I see where he's trying to be at. And, you know, his attack on the ball is, is, uh, is just 100%. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll jump over a pack just to get to his man or... He's probably he does lack that um, that knowledge of, of whether to leave his man and, and, and go off and, uh, and and be the the, uh, the second man in um, to uh, to sort of affect the play. But uh, you know he's got he's got good signs, and I'm I don't want to write him off like everyone wanted to really write off Jasper Pittard, and then um, we sort of missed out on a bit of a, a diamond in the rough because he, he does have the uh, the potential. But no, look, I mean this weekend's game was um, a little bit lackluster from him. I mean he played on one of the best small forwards. Um, in bets for, for a lot of the game and, uh, and he tied him up um, really he just has the footy smarts that uh, Jarman couldn't run with The thing about Impey is I think he's almost there you can tell he's almost there he gets a really good position I think he's, his mind's just going that one step too far ahead he needs to just bring it back a little bit and concentrate on what he's doing on the moment I think you know there, there was quite a few times where he gets his hand on the ball but he fumbles or he overruns the ball and I don't know. I think he just needs to take a little step back, have a think about what he's doing in the moment, um, and get those little things right. If he can get those little things right, he's going to be an, an absolute super player. Mm. Eddie Betts is a good player too, though. Is 
uh, captain pointed out. So, yeah, and I think he struggled with Eddie Betts a little bit last year too. So, look, I mean, we're still not flushed with the resources there and, you know, I can't remember how did Paul Stewart go. Did he play on Betts in the last quarter? I mean, he's my not pick really. probably. No. He's, no. He's probably my pick to probably start um, in the 22 for round one. Macker, I know we've got something coming up about that, but um, I've been really impressed with him, and he's probably given me the most uh, conviction out of all those sort of small lockdown players that he's the one to go to at this point in time. Yeah, I think O'Shea's on a knife edge. I think he's uh, he's pushing his luck a little bit. He hasn't had a very good preseason. Um, you know, he's got cracker breathing down his neck as well. Um, is MP good enough to play in round one? You know, that's that's probably fifty-fifty as well. It's quite possible we might see Stewart and Cracker in the side instead of those two. Yeah, uh, look, it could be uh, could be possible. Cracker's the interesting one. I was surprised that they kept him out of this game. Well, maybe he's not in their plans for round one. Maybe he's uh, he's had his uh, he's had his couple of games in the preseason, and they'll just concentrate on on getting him right for the Magpies. Well, that's what I thought. But then, wouldn't you play him in the Magpies game? True. That's so yeah, not sure. Sort of, they've tricked me there. They're tricky buggers, these coaches. You don't know what they're up to. Plus, I saw Frampton's on the website three to six weeks. Is that long enough to be long-term injured and promote a player? Well, he's already on the long-term injury list, so all we've got to do is promote is a player. Yeah, he's already on there. Okay, so they've already chucked him on there. Fine. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess they'd probably play that out this week, I guess, if they're going to promote somebody. Yeah, with the, uh, with the cracker call, I'm... Uh... I'm not, the, not his biggest fan, but so I, I do see the need for him. Um, I just, uh, I, I just really want us to to persevere with these these younger sort of guys. Um, before, I mean, if, if if we were lacking, if anybody was really having a having a poor game, or, or you know, um, someone else that he was going to take the position of was really lacking, and we had injuries and, and no other backup. I mean, yeah, fantastic. Let's let's give him a go. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm not too sure as to whether. Um, uh, you know what they're going to do there. I, I don't really want to make the call because uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit, a uh, bit of a bit of a strange one. What happens with uh, with young cracker, or old cracker? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about someone that uh, that surprised us all and had a ripper game. Johnny Butcher, five goals, one, including probably the goal of the year already. Um, what a performance! I I honestly can't remember seeing him play that well at any level in the last two years. No, someone pointed out the Melbourne game probably is his last one, and that, that'd be right. And I guess it just shows having a solid preseason what a difference it can make uh, to a person's confidence. He uh, he showed signs against West Coast, and as I said last week, I don't think we could judge him after the uh, the Richmond trial game being in such a de- depleted squad. And he did really well. I mean, I, I thought I made a, a pretty harsh comment on him after the game, where I thought there was a couple efforts where. I thought he could have maybe gone two-handed and he sort of went one-handed and tried to protect himself. And, you know, with his injuries, I can understand why he would have done that, but that would be the only minor criticism you could have. I thought, you know, he, he took some clunker marks again. He, he was leading well, um, you know, and he was kicking for goal accurately. And who cares if the if he, his style isn't textbook as long as it works? I think that's the most important part. I think uh, in terms of positioning and also leading and reading the play, that's the best I've ever seen him play in those aspects. Mm. Yeah, I agree. He was um, he was dominating big big packs, and he uh, he was able to 
bring down those marks that even at SNFL level, you go and watch him and he, he sometimes struggles with, um, with just finishing off and just, just holding on to the ball. He, he gets first hand to it, but um, sometimes just doesn't have the either the balance or the position or, or what to, to bring it in. But he, he, his hands, you, you just watch him and he brings down those big clunker marks and you, you just see the potential in him again and you just, you know, he yo-yo so much as well. Everyone's, one minute it's, oh, he's got he's got nothing, he's never going to make it. And he plays a game like this and everyone's, oh, Johnny Butcher, round one, chuck him <laughs> in the pocket. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if Ryder's unavailable, which uh, I guess is the possibility that that will happen, do we play Johnny Butcher in round one? Have to. I would say yes. Yeah, you play who him. Well, who, who comes out of the side? Whoever it takes, whoever's in the worst form. If you're asking me that question very harshly, I'd... I could probably point out uh, Matthew White. I think he's very underperforming at this point in time, and yep. I think he might have picked up an injury. Um, you know, so and White adds great value to our side. So I don't say it loosely, but I just think with the form that he's shown, um, and I know he's not a prolific ball winner, but he's really lacked influence this preseason. Um, he'd probably be one on the chopping block. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd definitely play Butcher in round one if Ryder's unavailable. I, I don't think he'll get a go if Ryder is uh, is fit to play or, or is able to play. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to see more of Johnny Butcher. As I keep saying, I just want to see more of this um, from him. I think uh, it was a great game. It's something that we haven't seen too often. Um, but we just want to see more of this. Keep going, Butch. I don't think you can drop him after a game like that. You got to. It's all about the confidence, and Hinkley's always backed him in wherever he's uh, wherever he can so he's, he's definitely not going to sort of kick him out of the side now after a game like that so you can you can put your money on it that he's uh, he's definitely going to be in round one uh, knowing Ken Inkley Absolutely and I, I can't see why we can't have a team of Shields, Westhoff and Butcher if we can have a team of uh, uh, Shields, Westhoff and Ryder so but I mean his, his position would be under threat obviously once we know what's going on with Ryder because um, at this point in time, Ryder's still a bit of a stronger player. And then we've got a tough question, Macca, when they're both available, uh, what do we do? But um, it'll be interesting. if we. I think, what was it, 63 entries? I said, uh, against, if we can rack up that against Frio and play a conventional forward line rotating properly between Shields, Westhoff and, and Butcher, I think, uh, and have Wingard back in that forward in, uh, 50 as well, we're going to have a, a lot more impetus in, the, uh, in our goal shooting, I'd imagine. Aaron Young, he's the next player I want to talk about. Um, has he jumped ahead of some of those other guys like Andrew Moore and Matty White um, to get one of those final spots in the side? He's had a ripping preseason. Yeah, look, over over Moore, I think that um, it's just going to yo-yo all, all season. You, if, unless one of them really pulls their finger out and wants to show some, some good consistency, um, Young's really set himself up with this game to uh, get himself in the in the round one squad. I mean, uh, Moore wasn't really able to give much of a rebuttal um, but, uh, but yeah, I would say that Young is definitely ahead of, uh, of Moore at this stage, um, and I hope that he does get picked for round one. I hope he plays the same sort of game um, with, the, with the same attack that he, that he played uh, last weekend and, and, and keeps, keeps himself in there because you know he can be a good player. Yeah, I've been playing Young. I think his influence has uh, uh, been outstanding, and uh, he's been showing it for a while, and he really... Uh, brought it to the fore this preseason. So why wouldn't you reward his performance? I agree. At this point in time, I think Youngie uh, starts round one. 
And I think it could be at the expense of potentially Andrew Moore, who again is going to maybe miss out at the start due to injury, which isn't a which isn't a good thing. No, disappointing. So what about guys? One thing I thought was a little bit concerning was the fact that I thought um, Taylor Walker was leading Alapade a merry dance for a fair chunk of that game. Well, yeah, I just didn't think they uh, they cared too much about the result. It seemed like the Crows were just able to run it from one end of the ground to the other uh, with absolute ease, and we didn't really try and stop that. So I can't really read anything into how the key defenders played at all. I think we had O'Shea playing a little bit too tall at uh, certain times of the game. Um, he come off and you could visibly see that he was he was a bit upset with, uh, with his game and, and maybe the decision to bring him off. Um, and I felt that he was a bit out of position at times. He can play that that taller sort of role in the in the reserve sort of SNFL level, but um, I'm not quite sure that he's got the frame uh, to really battle against a, a Jenkins or a, or a Lynch um, specifically, which uh, a couple of the players I think that he, he ran sort of um, on and off of uh, on the weekend. But but yeah, I think this the, the pros sort of knew that uh, maybe Bobby was going to go straight to to Tex. Uh, with the limited stocks we had, and I think that uh, they played the game plan that that sort of fell in their lap there. Yeah, but I mean, it's still even if collectively they they weren't switched on. I think a lot of the team sort of were just going through the uh, trial of blues, sort of trying to get through to round one. You'd still think you'd want to have a bit of pride in being your man, and and uh, yeah, I just thought Alapati got sucked up the ground too often, too easily, and then ran back on and exposed. So I guess there's a bit of work there and it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always improve. I didn't think Walker had that great a game. He didn't have a lot of the ball. He kicked a, kicked a couple of memorable goals, but that was about it, really. Yeah, well, it sort of noted, stood out to me in the game. I mean, I was, um, I was in a state of pain after doing two go-kart races in a row with my kids and uh, my body was starting to fall apart on me. So maybe the drugs were sort of influencing what I saw. But I just thought he was more influential than that at the ground. I think when he did have the ball, he, he embarrassed Bobby a little bit at times. Um, and then also when he sort of Bobby wasn't on him, there was one time where he mauled three of our players and got the ball off and I think they ended up doing all right from it. So... It just stuck. It just stood out a bit more than than I think um, it, it probably should have. Is the uh, the omission of uh, Trengove uh, a myth, a mystery, or is it fact that we do struggle when Jackson's not in the side? It is fact we do struggle when he's not in the side, but I don't think it's due to the fact that Trengove's not there. I think, as I said on the Crow podcast, if you look at the games that we played last year and the games that we lost when he wasn't in the side. A lot of that was due to the forward line's uh, inability to kick straight rather than uh, our defence's inability to uh, to keep the opponents to a, to a winnable score. I mean, mm. you, you think of the Essendon game, the Collingwood game, I mean, that, they didn't really kick a lot of goals. It's just that we couldn't match them. That was it. And I guess that's probably part of the uh, disappointment from last week carried on to this week. Last week I was disappointed at our lack of potency in affecting the scoreboard and this week I was probably a little bit disappointed that the Crows um, easily impacted the scoreboard and scored a higher score than what I would have preferred. Mm. Um, So that's something to take away. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you you still don't like losses, so um, you much prefer wins and I guess the boys would have been told that uh, today and uh, they'll be working on it for... uh, a week and a half's time. 
Only a week and a half. Mm. I mean, we touched on it a little bit before. Is the goal kicking a problem? Well, it has to be. I mean, they, uh, they were shots but, that we again. They were shots that we just should have kicked. I mean, you know, twenty meters out straight in front, Jakey Need, Ollie Wines. These guys should should be nailing those goals. Yeah, they were sitters. Oh, you know, I mean, for professional footballers, they they were sitters, and uh, yeah, they they should have nailed those goals. There's no excuses for that. And you know what? If they nailed those goals, we might have ended up being ten points down or something because the Crows probably deserved a win with their third quarter effort, but uh, we weren't very uh, efficient in front of goals and I think that is a concern for the coaching staff. Yeah, no, I, I think there's uh, the likes of Pollock missing, uh, you know, 30, 35, 40 metres out directly in front is, is an excusable. Um, Brad Abel is, is, is a bit, uh, he does it at times and it sort of sticks out a little bit, his uh, inability to, to finish off, but I think that maybe you can excuse it for the for the pre-season, but, um, but yeah, I'm not, not too sure that it's... Uh, it's of course a great concern at, at, at this stage. I think that you know we'll, we'll tighten the screws up, um, sort of next next couple of weeks, and and, and really get our, our game back to where we should have it. Look, let's have a quick chat about the SANFL trial. It was uh, it was another showdown uh, at Albert and Oval, Port versus Adelaide, and it was another loss as well. Adelaide winning by 30 points. Um, similar story, it was a big third quarter which uh, saw Adelaide pull away and, and bring up a match-winning lead. Um, Luke Wilson, who's back from Norwood, kicked three goals, whilst Keanu Miller um, also kicked two as well. The Magpies have struggled a little bit as well um, in their first couple of uh, pre-season games. Is that a cause for concern as well? I've been very depleted. Yeah. I'll beat you, Reese. <laughs> no, you said what I was going to say, mate. Um, yeah, the quality that, that they've had to bring in um, compared to the sort of guys that are going to come back in, in round one, you, you can't really compare them too too much. Um, and look at the best best players. You've got two blokes in there that uh, most had, had never really uh, heard too much of. Um, Miller and uh, yeah, Miller, you've probably heard a little bit of from uh, from the, the website, but... Um, no, look, it, there are a few players coming back there, and they're really not going to be able to set up until until round two when um, they can actually play a game together, knowing what the team's going to be like. Um, they haven't really played with the team that they probably will go out in round two with since uh, yeah, the, the, the grand final, and then even that's going to change a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Jared Redden played another good game. Uh, he was a bit of a monster in the ruck. Is he a possibility for round one against Freo? I don't think so, Macca. I um, I think Butcher's probably put that to bed now. I think they would have been vying for that spot. Um, that's what I put up last week. And uh, I guess putting him back to the Maggie sort of probably answered that question. And let's face it, he probably doesn't have nowhere near the match fitness to uh, to do it yet. And it'd probably be a bit unfair chucking him in the, in the deep end so quickly as well. I think it's more, yeah, do we I want a, another key forward or do we want that second genuine ruck option? Well, I like him as both. I think I think he's a natural uh, forward in a way. He reads the play really well, um, you know, and that's one of your criticisms on the, of the butch at times that he runs under the ball. You you don't really see that with Redden. He he can get to the ball, um, and he is a nice kick for goal. Um, but obviously, his ruck works fantastic as well. So, you know, if we can get forty percent game time in the forward line from Redden and thirty percent in the ruck and thirty percent on the bench, I think he could be quite an influential player. What do you reckon, Hef? 
I think round one, he's probably uh, a little bit sorry, tall to chuck in the side at, at this stage. I mean, you'd obviously give it to Butcher, but you couldn't have them both sort of uh, playing in the same same squad. I mean, you're looking at Frio's team, and they seem a bit depleted with their uh, their tools at the moment. So um, I'm not too sure uh, yeah, how we'd, uh, we'd go with with going a little bit too tall with, with some of the smaller players of Fremantle uh, running them rings around their ankles. Darcy Byrne-Jones had a bit of an indifferent game against uh, Richmond the week before, but it was good to see him put in a, an almost best-on-ground performance down back. Well, it's good to see. He's been probably a bit of a, uh, a slow burner this season. I guess everyone's been talking about him on and and uh, not really talking about Byrne-Jones. So and he, I guess he didn't really influence much in the first trial game, so it was good to see that he uh, picked up some ball. Yeah, it's good to see him back um, doing doing some good stuff. Yeah. Went out and saw any of the games last year. You'd know that there's something there with uh, with with Ben Jones. He can um, his attack on the ball is is quite good, and, and um, his runs down the wing were were something to uh, to sort of uh, admire. I think, um, but but yeah, he's, he's another project sort of player. But, um, he's obviously a, a fair fair way back in the in the pecking order, and he's uh, probably got a little bit more work to do than than most to to really catch the eye of uh, of sectors. Yeah, hopefully. I guess the arch kicked a goal, but sounded like he lacked a little bit of output again. So it's a bit uh, disappointing for Brendan. Hopefully he can pick it up as uh, as the season continues on. Well, as we said, it's make or break for Brendan Archie this year. If he can't become that sort of player, then it's really hard to see him getting another contract, I would think. Absolutely. No, yeah, it is it is make or break. And, and you you really want him to do good. I mean, you can um, you can see why we picked him so long ago, and and uh, it's been a bit unfortunate um, with his progression so far. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he's got a good good size to him, and you you want players like that to really come out of their shell. It's all right. I'll give him a pep talk. So have the players. That'll work. Yeah, you'll listen. Uh, you'll go. Who's that old guy again? Who are you? What are you doing talking to me, weirdo? Get away. That's it. Well, look, round one, we've, we've touched on it a bit throughout the podcast, but do we think we'll see any surprises to the team? Yes. Do we I think? think... We, do, do you think we might see someone like Kane Mitchell surprise and get a go? Well, is that a surprise? He's been upgraded to the senior list. Oh, he's probably not in most people's top 22 or 25. Not mine, but it depends who's available, isn't it? If you've got a rider, Montfrey's, Wingard's not up, Hartlett's still injured. Well, then uh, you'll probably take him. Mm. He but does I... play a similar role to, to White, though. Um, you can only really see one of them getting in, to be honest. Yeah. If we had to roll the dice with one, I'd probably, I think White's probably a little bit more penetrating and influential than what Kane Mitchell is. He seems to be a bit more of a, a fast workhorse, but doesn't seem to uh, get as much um, done compared to Matt White. But I still like my my bolt is Paul Stewart. I, I'm still a big fancy on uh, him getting into the round one side, which is a big call for me, Macca, because I've been pretty critical on um, Paul Stewart. Yeah, I didn't have him near my side at the start of the year, but you know he he's, hasn't really put a foot wrong this preseason, so I think he's certainly put his name uh, amongst the minds of the selectors. So we'll see how he goes. I yeah. think at, at this point, if it's a choice between Stewart and O'Shea, you'd probably pick Stewart. Yeah, I think um, I think they're they're both going to play that that role down back, um, sort of uh, half tall. But you, you still want them to take the game on um, and have the have the ability to 
sort of a you know, push through um, and really have some leadership back there. But um, I had I had Stuart in, in, in my emergencies at this stage, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him in there. Um, if it's depending who who's sort of coming out for him, because I don't have Boucher in there either. Well, let's um, if we have a look at our journalistic extraordinaire Macca, who who got had his best twenty two on the Port LA website during the week. Uh, created much discussion, Macca. Well done. Um, right. And Paul Stewart's you... sister had a big go at me because I didn't name him in the side. So Good on her. So she should have. Well, we can pretty much take <laughs> Angus Mumfries and Paddy Ryder out because they're not going to be there. So we can insert Johnny Butcher and probably Jake Nee into those spots. Aaron Young will take over Andrew Moores. And you could almost go Paul Stewart will take over Matt White's from that side, I reckon. Hmm. That's what I would do anyway. Yep. I still had White on the uh, on the wing there. Oh, not on the wing. I had him in the uh, on interchange um, over Stewart. I had yeah O'Shea um, from from last uh, last weekend's side. I just had Stewart, uh, Cleary, Sam Gray, Mitchell, and O'Shea missing out. Um, and in comes uh, Wingard, um, Trengove, and, and, and Hammer. Obviously, if Ballantyne plays in round one, do we start Impey? I say yes. Or does he miss out? I say yes. I say give him give him a crack at um, a balance time again. I mean, he got his. You don't really want to bring up the past too much, but he's proved that he can play uh, a good standard of football against Ballantyne. And and even uh, if Ballantyne doesn't get up, you know, there's Walters as well. Who's uh, I'm not too sure where, how far away he is, but uh, you want that small uh, defender there to 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 be on those players to really, really shut them down. I'd give it a go. You got to back him in. I thought his start to the year last year was fantastic and I don't think, I don't know, maybe I see something different than what everyone else sees. Maybe I'm special, Macca, because I don't think Jarman Impey's been horrendous. And the same with Jake Need. I think Jake Need's been quite good. I'm really enjoying um, both of their, well, especially Need, their contested work around the pack. I mean, Mm. he's definitely improved his evasive skills and, and is able to get the ball out. He might panic and not use it properly, but Elise's um, been able to do that. And the same for Jarman. He's providing us run, and that's one thing we want, isn't it? Run, and he, he provides it. So uh, and I love watching Jarman run out, run out the half-back line with the ball. Jakey Need's been a lot stronger this year, which has been uh, good to see in my point of view. I, again, it's just that sort of final 5%. You know, I think he's kicked zero goals five for the preseason. Um, and a lot of the shots he's had have, have been quite nailable. Um, if he had have nailed those shots, he'd be an, an absolute definite starter in round one. I think. He'd also be on Baywatch, wouldn't he? Sorry, couldn't help myself. Baywatch? I promised I'd stop cracking jokes, but I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah, nailable. PG, Pamela Anderson. Anyway... Your mind thinks on a different level, Rick. Man, you guys just leave me to hang out to dry every bloody week. I tell you, and I keep coming back for more. You do. You guys suck. (laughs) It's not my humour, it's you guys. (laughs) Debatable. Yeah, I do think that um, that Jake Needy, he he was able to play um, a good good, uh, portion of, of all four quarters, I thought. And, um... Someone mentioned it um, in one of the threads that he's just, he creates so much unpredictability. And I think that's just an X factor that you need in the side. You know, you look at the likes of, of Cyril and, and, um, and Eddie Betts and, 
you just don't know what they're going to do. You know, they're here one minute and the next minute they're behind you and, and they got the ball and they're dishing it off to a running player who's kicking a goal. And you just, you don't know where he, where he is. His, his ability to shimmy a tackle, um, with, you know, three or four blokes trying to, trying to catch him and he just, he just slips out and, and gives the hands away and his skills are, they're, they're there. You know, his skills are there with, with his entries um, to a leading up forward. So yeah. the, the little aspects of his game that aren't quite there yet, once they get there, he's just going to be, such a great player, and you have to have faith in him and uh, keep him in. I'm, I do wonder what they will do with um, you know, last year. He didn't quite play the full season. I don't know what they're going to do this year to uh, to sort of um, counteract that. Whether they're going to rest him for a number of weeks and, and put him in to, uh, to to affect the game when we really need like, later on in the season or, or what. So, a few well, saw how good he played in those two finals last year. He was absolutely magic against Richmond and Frio as well. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd like to see him get more of a go earlier in the year and, and see what he can do. Is it a concern as the media is purporting uh, Hinkley's uh, confidence in playing Wingard, Hartlett, Trengove all in the round one side? I don't know. I mean, do you want to play so many you know, questionable players in terms of fitness? I'm not sure you do. Well, I, I, think... I think maybe one or two might miss out. I think Jackson would be all right to play because, you know, from the couple of trainings I've been to, he's doing a lot of running work. So I think he's been able to keep his fitness up. It will just be about touch. And, you know, the Maggies have got a game next week. So, you know, potentially might be able to get a bit of a touch um, through the Maggies next week. Um, uh, Chad, I think, is one of those freak players that you could almost get away with it. Um, And Hamish is the the interesting one. Me personally, I love... I'd love him in the side, um, but I'd almost maybe give him the rest of flying over to Perth and give him that extra week to recover. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you would actually play him in the seconds, though. He's probably a bit too good for that. Because and of his injury issues, you'd, you'd definitely rest him an extra week, I would think. Yeah. And I think you could probably... You can't cover him, but you can cover him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, I mean... He's a unique player, but we've got some good players that should be able to fill his spot temporarily. So, yeah, that, that's probably the way I would go. Sit out Hartlett, give him to week two. Um, obviously, I don't know his uh, injury situation. and I reckon we could get away with Jackson and, and Chad for one run, especially Chad because he's just a freak. Do you think we've prepared well enough for the huge start to the season that we have? There's only so much to do to, to really prepare for it. Um, We've got to go in with with the same sort of attitude that we've always gone into start of a season, and uh, you know just just have that confidence and that belief that we can overrun anyone. And uh, yeah, definitely, I think that um, it's uh, absolutely yeah. I just think it's a bit of a concern where we're sort of coasting, and that mentality sometimes with the wrong team. And I'm not saying we are the wrong team, but. Sometimes, you know, that if you keep that mentality going, you're expecting the flip to the switch to be flipped and it doesn't get flipped and you get caught out. A bit of port two thousand and eight, I think. Um, uh, that sort of happened then. We just kept anticipating waiting for the boys to, to flick that switch after uh, two thousand and seven and it never happened. But yeah. um, you know, so to me that's a bit of a concern. Um, but it's hard to read. I mean, we played well against West Coast, who apparently don't look that good. Uh, Richmond, we, there's nothing you could take out of that game. And then the other day, yeah, look, I think we were just playing silly buggers. So 
pretty uh, cliche, obvious statement I'm going to make here, but round one will tell it all, I'd imagine. I think you're right, Rick. And it's not, it's not about if we win or lose, because it's a tough trip, no matter if they've got injuries or not, but it's just a matter of how we play. You know, and if we're tight and in the game, yeah, we're back in it. If they, uh, you know, if if we just go walkabouts for a quarter, a quarter and a half, we're going to get beaten, and uh, that's going to be the concern for me because we didn't really do that at all last year. Yep. Nice. Well, I think we might leave it there for this week. Hefo, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Too easy. I want my money back, Hefo. You didn't laugh at my one and only joke, so uh, give it back. You it was lie. horrendous, Rick. It was horrendous. It was not that bad. It was pretty funny. I was chuckling. <laughs> That's all that matters. As long as You're a banana. Funny. <laughs> all right, boys. Until next time. Go, go Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. Gray was brave. Running hard. More getting forward. One last chance. Boat brilliant. Wines. Montfries centering ball. Cassisi. Hot <laughs> Kids are freak.